Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte Cosmos, Dudes, so many dudes. Every little dude, dudes. all the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. To us. (laughs) To us. To us. Um, Jamie, I'm happy. Jamie, Jamie and I recorded a couple ads before this, and I've got to warn everyone. Jamie's in a hilarious, fun, silly mood. She already made me lol a bunch of times. Thank you, guys. I mean, I love I'm talking like they're the royal me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Rose. There's not a lot of guys. I mean, Skylar's here and Anna's here, but yeah, I was talking like there are like 50 people in the room. There are not. Um, yes, I'm in a fun little mood. I had some sugar earlier and I think I've hit that age where I used to, whenever people would say like, oh my God, like sugar makes kids crazy. I'm like, no, kids are just crazy. Like they're young. They have a lot of life, a lot of vitality. Like it's not the sugar that's like giving them energy. It's their youth. Like is now, this a new bit? Children be crazy. No. Yeah. Could children be crazy? <laughs> <laughs> But I'm serious. I would always be like, sugar doesn't do that to me. And now if I have like the littlest bit, I'm like, hey, new personality. Welcome to the program. I don't mean to be an enabler. And I was a giant fan of your old personality. But I have to say. No, it needed to shed. It needed to to shed like skin off of a snake. Jamie on a little sugar is a bit bit of a fun ride. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Who are you this week, you crazy sugar high? I was just going to ask you. Who am I? Okay. Who am I? Tell me about your really? week, little one. Um, well, I guess I'm a little bit of a carry because uh, I'm just I, I did some just classic laptoping once again this week. Just a lot of writing. I'm off on script for Ted Lasso right now, and so I got a hotel room Ooh. in Laguna Beach. I love my, Laguna. Oh my I god, love it there. Um, Stunning. Yeah, I went by myself for three well actually I ended up kind of not staying the last night I stayed until nighttime and then I drove home but um yeah How I was stayed it? for I it was great I stayed for two nights and it was a little frustrating because on the weather app it it showed like 
uh, like the, the sunshine emoji for every single day. And then I realized that um, the weather app wasn't like factoring in the fires and how that was affecting the weather. Um, so it was really gray the entire time I was there. Very like blood moon, you know, bright red, weird circular thing in the sky the whole time. Um, yeah, I wanted it to just be like, I don't know, a little more beachy, I guess. Cause you're like a there little pina and, colada kind of situation. Yeah, I just, I wanted it to have a little bit more of a vibe. But the good thing is that because I was writing in my hotel room, all I wanted, because the hotel that I stay at is on the water. So if you open your that doors, beautiful. that you're already outside. It's like literally you don't have to leave your hotel room and you're still getting some kind of a vibe. So there was something kind of nice about it not being too beautiful outside because then I didn't get that like FOMO, like, oh, I wish I was at the pool. Like, I didn't have any of that. You just, just really like, did your job and did what you Yeah, I was like, keep writing, like, just just keep writing. Um, but it was, really, nice it, and romantic. it was really nice. And like, there's just a lot of, it's very easy to sort of be outdoors there. Their restaurant was open and it had all like, all the windows were open. There's like a lot of patio seating. And like, I just felt very safe there. I mm. didn't feel like... Ah, I'm like at this crowded place with all these people. It was not that. They did a really good job given the pandemic of it all. Sounds like a romantic writer's retreat. It was. I how what what are your writing um like what's your perfect yeah. setup? Indoor, yeah, my- outdoor. What what are we doing? You know, that's a really good question. I think my perfect setup is a quiet coffee shop mm-hmm. where the music is pretty quiet. I really like other people around, but not talking to me. I like writing and, and seeing life. I like being able to walk people pass by. I like getting a little bite if I need one. I'm a real coffee shop writer, but very specific yeah. about the coffee shops that I like. I, I can't handle loud music and a lot of socializing. The coffee shop that I used to go to, everyone else was working. The music was low. And you know, if you want to be social, you can take your headphones off and chat with someone. Mm -hmm. But to me, I can last a lot longer. I get low. I'm such a people person. It's kind of crazy that I'm a writer because I love being around people. So it's kind of my half and half. Yeah. I've noticed that about myself in writing because I'm like, it sounds like an introvert's job, but then I'm like, no, I like need to, I think that's why I went to a hotel because I'm like, I, I, I want to be obviously alone a little bit just to focus, but I also like that I can go down to the restaurant and like be around people. Yeah, you know, Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola wrote a bunch of movies in this really cute restaurant outdoors in the West Village, like an Italian Mm. restaurant. And I think that's such a fun, that just sounds like such a fun, like, imagine you and your best friend, me, sitting at a restaurant and just like writing and making each other laugh and having a glass of wine and having some pasta and watching people walk by. That sounds really fun. That sounds distracting a little bit. Just because like, they're also kind of fabulous. Oh, I mean- Beyond fabulous, like if I could pull it off, that sounds ideal. Um, I noticed that the time that I've really locked into my laptop, almost like I was on drugs, um, was in a dark hotel lobby with really loud music. And I got a a shocking amount of work done. And I remember being surprised, like, wait a minute, how in the world am I able to focus in here? Like it was like thumping techno. It was pitch black. Like it, but there was something about it where I was just kind of like, yeah, I was just like real. I think it's because it, your screen is brighter in contrast or something. So it kind of like sucks you in. Um, but yeah, I wrote I like a bunch friends. of my books that way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I have some surprising. friends 
that uh, like to do this really romantic writing thing, which is there's a really beautiful train you can take from L.A. to San Diego, and it's on the water the whole time, <gasps> and you're just looking and seeing the ocean, and it's like three hours or something. Wow. And I have a friend who literally will ride it to San Diego and back and not only get off and just do six hours of writing. Holy shit. Yeah. I love that so much. I just worry that I'd get like a little car sick. I something. would literally barf the whole, it would be a vomit draft yes. in the literal sense. Yes, yeah, 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 literally vomiting. I barfed on it. Anyway, for everyone who's not a writer, which is most of you, uh, come back to the show. We're back. Yeah, well, you know, people work, you know, if you're not a writer, you know, you might might have. I think the most shocking thing is when people, I know a lot of successful writers who write in bed. And I'm like, how do you do that and not want to, like, watch TV, fall asleep? Like, I'm just surprised by that. That's, That's a tough one, but I know a lot of people do it. Anyways, who are you this week? I mean, literally who I was doesn't really correlate with any of the characters. I guess Aiden would be our most because, like, maybe Aiden cares about things like the environment or the oh, right. politics. Yeah, no, no, one's, no one I seems to be that Nobody charitable. gives a shit on this show, even though I think I, I think them. Charlotte was starting to and then the show ended. Okay. Well, yeah. I did some phone banging for good old Joe, hopefully future Hell President yeah. Joe Biden. And I have to say, I had a lot of fun doing it. It's the second weekend I've done it. And it feels really good, especially in this time, which is like a fairly lonely, what am I talking about? Fairly violently, massively, suffocatingly, freaking out lonely time. It's really fun because you do a Zoom where like the grassroots organizers like tell you how to do it. And there's like, it's really exciting because there's like hundreds of people on the Zoom and you can scroll and you just see faces, old, young, all different kinds of people who are all doing this too. And then you do the phone banking and then you come back and share how it was. And I'm a real group person. The older I get, the more I'm like, God, I love collaborating. I love community. I am not like a little girl in an igloo. That's not my happy place. My happy place is like in a room with people. And so even doing the phone banking was really fun and social. And it was awesome because I... I ended up getting somebody on the phone who is now going to volunteer to phone bank for Biden. So that was like a success. I talked to a guy, speak fluent Spanish, who couldn't speak English. And I helped him figure out what his voting plan was going to be. And I just had some really great interactions. And, um, you know, I haven't been the most like productive person, which is totally fine, obviously surgery and everything. But that felt like a really. That is productive. It feels really good. And it feels like if Joe wins, uh, if. Joe Biden wins, I'll just feel like, oh my God, I did some part of that. Like it was mostly me, the reason that he won. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah. I mean, give credit where credit is due. Yeah. It's, mostly it's like you. when he accepts it, he's like, I'd like to thank Rose Cerno. She phone banked for two and a half hours. So <laughs> that, that really was the clincher. No. So anyway, that part of it is telling you guys who I was this week. And then the other part is like trying to get people to also phone bank. Yeah. All you have I to also- do is just Google. Um, I'm doing Wisconsin because it's important to do swing states, Florida, Pennsylvania, stuff like that. So you just Google the state and then Democratic Party and it's just all set up right there. Oh, it's great. And anyone can hit me up on uh, Insta if if they're confused. I can send you a link. So I was Aiden, I guess, which is like the stretchiest of stretches. No, I think that's it feels Aiden-y. Aiden definitely seems like he would care about like the California being, I mean, literally a hell Maybe Miranda. I thought maybe Miranda, but I don't know. No, it feels like Aiden. Aiden would like have to remind Miranda, like, "Oh shoot, that's tomorrow." Like that. I feel like that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Guys, we are on season five, episode three, Luck Be an Old Lady. Oh my God, Rose, take us into it. Thank you, my love. So this episode kicks off with Carrie getting back on the horse. She's at a bar waiting for her blind date to show up. Unfortunately, he never does. I got stood up. Yes, I deigned to go on a blind date against all my better judgment. I was willing to lower myself into the gutter. God, I miss dating. And then he doesn't show. Uh, Are you sure? Well, either he didn't show or he took one look at me and ran for the hills. Which is worse? I can't decide. I'm sure there's a perfectly good explanation. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, we're at the bottom. A complete stranger hurt my feelings. I'd say that's scraping bottom. You shouldn't even be going on blind dates. It's beneath you. Now, that's not true. I know a lot of great couples that met on blind dates. Eric and Marcy. Stop. Even if he had shown up, most first dates are like job interviews with cocktails. Nuh-uh. I think I'm done. That's what I said yesterday about eating bread, and I just ordered pancakes, so. Why should I risk having a god-awful evening when I am guaranteed to have fun with you guys? No, honey, you're cute, but (laughs) I'm never gonna fuck you. Look, (laughs) I'm really sorry this happened to you on your first date back out there, but you have to keep trying. No, no, I'm like Puxatani Phil. I came out, I saw my shadow, and I'm going back in. I'll see you guys next winter. Well, you have to take some risks so that you don't wind up an old maid. Oh, that's right. Must not wind up old maid. Must not wind up old maid. Now, how am I going to remember that? Does anybody have a pen? Why do we get stuck with old maid and spinster and men get to be bachelors and playboys? No matter how shriveled their dicks are. Okay. The end. I know I love her accent. It's like it's like boozy and exhausted. I know. I'm like, she's not drunk, but she sounds so drunk. Something that I love about this show is that like it's it's such a fun show and it's mostly, you know, we care about the characters, we really are invested, but they do have such a good job of interweaving really important feminist ideas in there. Like, yeah. like that idea. I love, yeah, I love when she like beats her forehead and she's like, right, right, must not end up an old mate. Like it was just such a perfect reaction to that. Yeah, but, yeah like as if she doesn't hear that all the time from everyone, yeah, but or also- Or think it within herself and trying to fight her own narrative. Of course, but then also just Miranda just- I mean, that is like an article you've read on a lot of great websites and magazines is like, why is it that a single woman is like something that's sad and like yucko? And for guys, it's like, oh, if only I could have what he's having. And, you know, it's like George Clooney before he got married and all these, you know, Leonardo. It's like there's no shame in it. It's they're considered like living it up and. Yeah, it's like the one, the thing that you'll hear, I feel like the closest you get to sort of like, whatever, acknowledging that part of a guy is people will be like, well, you know, he is blah, blah years old and he hasn't been married yet. So that's not a great sign. Like it's always kind of, there is some gentle, but it's, it's shade, but it's gentle. It's just a little like, it's more like with women, it's like, oh, brother, like what a, it depends though. 
There aren't like Charlotte Bronte novels about yes, old men who are exactly, like exactly unmarried yet. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, it kind of all goes down to the classic um men choose and women wait to be chosen. So yes. the reason that according to this patriarchal POV, that it's sad that a woman is single is because it means she wasn't chosen. If a man isn't single, he just hasn't decided to make the choice. Yeah, he ha- yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's where that comes from. But it's an interesting, it's interesting watching this because like obviously this episode was, you know, decade and change behind um online dating becoming the number one way that people meet. And so it's interesting hearing her talk about like, oh my God, it's desperate. I'm not doing another blind date and my feelings being hurt by someone I don't even know. It's an interesting thing to hear now because if Carrie was dating now, that would be the way she dates. And and it's just interesting to see how she does it once and is like, nope, you know. Yeah. Which is like, that's the way people date now. Yeah. Have you ever been on a blind date? Oh my God. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. Well, yes. A friend in New York set me up once and I apologize if I've already told the story, but a friend of mine in New York was like, Oh my God, I have a guy for you. You'll love him. He actually looks a lot like you. Oh yeah. And then I went on a date with him and he was like, literally like weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) He was like really tall and skinny with a huge nose. And I was like, if this is what you think I look like, um, I'm just going to throw myself on the L train tracks and not to be mean to him. He was perfectly nice, but like, it was a little insulting to my ego that she thought we were like twins. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like me. If I was like 10 times, it was like me. Like if you took away everything that makes me cute and just left yeah. the, bu- the bones. It's also a little bit of a weird pitch too, because typically you're not like going out on the dating scene looking for someone who looks exactly like you. But no. your friend was like, "You guys are identical." I you're mean, it, would be, it would be fine if she's like, "He looks exactly like you," and it was like Keanu Reeves or something. I'd be like, "Girl, thank you." No, the <laughs> save there. You never say they look exactly like you. What you say is like, "You guys look like you could be related, but like second cousins." That's the protective. You can say that spin. they look. You can say they look exactly like you if they're like Timothy Chalamet, right? And then or they like, have to be like, yes, exactly. They have to either be a male model, or you have to use the second cousin rule. I or think. or if distant, it's actually relative, actually a relative of yours that you haven't met before. There we go. You look like you'd be relatives, and it's because you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then you fuck your cousin. And then and you're, it's like, fine. you're like, it's, it's 2020. Fine. Honestly, the planet has like a year and a half left. I don't like, care. Why not? Let's just try it out. I mean, whatever. Um, Jamie, have, have you kids. ever been on a blind date? Um, I guess technically, because I did for a little bit of my 20s, I did eHarmony. Oh my and, God, that's so cute. <laughs> and so I met up with, yeah, I like, I mean, all those dates, I guess, are. Blonde. Are the, is that technically? No, because yeah, you that's... saw pictures of them. Oh. Blind is no photos. That's like a oh, friend being yeah. like, that's like but a then, setup. Like, a blind is a setup. Have a you ever blind been is set a up? setup. I guess I just thought because his photo, well, that's kind of part of the story is that he looked nothing like his picture. So oh, it no. might, it was almost blind. Oh, God. Yeah, he really, when I saw him, I was like, no. Was it an old picture or what? Or like a blurry oh, picture? No, I think it was sort of like a distant picture, like... picture that he kind of, you know, he cropped out the friends and then oh. like zoomed in on himself. So it was a little more pixelated. It's like um, a security camera footage. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's like of a robbery. Yeah. Yeah. It was, he, it was, he was a nightmare. I think I may have told this uh, in a much earlier episode, but 
he was just like he had the worst sense of humor like it was Ew. so bad and he thought he was so funny and it was just like everything he said was just like just like just like a doofus like he just missed the mark so much and there was a thing where he kept talking about his ex and how she was so materialistic and I just thought that was like talking about your ex on a first date is disgusting. So I'm like, was she materialistic or were you cheap? Like, you know what I mean? You're like a little like complaining uh, about your ex is bad form. Yeah. And also he like had a good job and stuff. So I was like, oh, it's interesting. For I mean, not, I'm obviously materialism exists and maybe she was that and all the things. But anytime anyone. Well, to be honest, anytime anyone just like shits on an ex, I'm always like, all right, I'm taking this with a grain of salt because like who knows who burned who like you might. You know, I think it's really links for them. I like, think it's tacky. I think when you don't know somebody, it was a it's lot tacky. of information way yeah. too soon. I it's only tacky. think I asked. Also, he, I, I met him at a sports bar on the Upper East Side, and you know how they have all those like Irish sports bars that yeah, have like pubs. Win- windows out onto the street. Like yeah. they have like a little cutout, mm-hmm. and That's I remember fun. walking up and seeing he was sitting right there at the cutout. And I was like, what is that that he, and I'm like, oh my God, he has a basket of chicken fingers. He ordered food before he even got Oh my God, there. that's hilarious. <laughs> he was just like chowing down on chicken when I walked up and I remember him offering it to me. He's like, do you want some? Like I have honey mustard. I'm like, But it's also you like you, you couldn't have waited like worst. one second. Yeah, I was on time. I wasn't late. So I was just like, <laughs> it's just a weird I don't even think that's like a rule Maybe of dating thought, that I have, but wait, it was Jamie, just all the things. I think he thought that the chip, that the approaching up to a table with crunchy chicken might have disarmed you. Oh, right. Like, holy shit. What is that I see in the distance? I mean, chicken oh fingers God. is definitely like breading, a piece breading, offering. Breast, breast, <laughs> breaded breasts. It was a way of him saying nice tips. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Yeah, no, it was so, it was you- really weird. Oh, wait, I, Tell I, me. this uh, this is the part that I feel like I've probably told you before, but whatever. I only have like three stories. In my Tell life. me. Um, but <laughs> there was one point when he so he was talking about his ex and how she was materialistic. And then he I'm, I definitely have told you this. I want to hear he, he said, what is your pet peeve? And I was like, um, and I really didn't know. I was like, I have to think about it. And he was like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to start the Jeopardy countdown clock now. And when I get back, you better have an answer. And he literally he was like, kind You're of like, oh, shorter, that's my pet peeve. I just found. Yeah, discovered no, it. it was. And he jumped off. First of all, he's like on a stool and he kind of like jumped down like he was a shorter person, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. I'm not a heightist. It's fine. You can be whatever. But it was just like he did. He jumped down while he was singing the Jeopardy song. So he kind of like hopped like off Willy the stool Wonka. and was like, do he was, ex- yes. He was like, do, 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 do. And then when he came back, he hopped back on the stool and was like, did, did it, did, 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 did. And Has I was he like, ever been on a date this guy is the worst. He was your, you know, what's really gross. My friend Lindsay oh. has gone on a couple of dates or at least no, maybe not dates, but she's matched with guys online who call themselves a schmactor. Oh my! What does that mean? I guess it's like a joke on actor. I don't know why it's funny. But you, act, but you are in fact an actor. Yeah, like but you are an actor. You but go, you don't want to say schma- it. It's like somebody who would use the word "amaze balls." Like I'm a schmackter. Yes, yes, yes. It's like you yes. immediately know they're not funny. Yeah, I know. I know someone whose bio says "snackter." What does like that mean? Snacks. Like I'm a hot snack. No, I don't know. I just thought it was like. It's like, is that something like a great play on words? I'm like, I don't even know what it means, but you're just an actor. Like, it doesn't make sense. You can be an actor. Acting's a job. Like, 
You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. Um, um, well, let's just say something else about that conversation that and yeah. maybe they said it, but the clip cut it out. But like, did anybody say like, shut the fuck up, Charlotte? Like, stop pressuring me and stop projecting your own insecurity about being single on me. It's like, I mean, her being like, you have to date. You have to do this. You can't be single. You have to. It's like, did it's been a while since I've seen this episode. I watched it, but I, I kind of moved forward and watched a bunch. So I don't remember how the rest of the conversation goes after that clip. But like, does somebody tell her to like, stop putting her anxiety onto Carrie? I don't know. The whole thing, there's so much like friendship tension in this episode. It is a tense fucking episode. Like the whole time they're kind of like at each other's throats a little bit. I felt. Yeah, totally. They, um, yeah, it's they like don't... one long fight. This whole episode is a fight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't really in that conversation because they immediately shift gears into the Charlotte not wanting to become 36 thing. Um, so, but there are moments where where they where Charlotte gets pushed back on a little bit, but it's not it's definitely not in this conversation. I just kind of feel like the last thing you need after you went on a bad date is somebody being like, "Hurry, keep dating, or yeah. you're gonna die." I also thought it was so strange when Miranda said, "Oh, I miss dating." I was like, "What? Why?" <laughs> I can't. I just I was like, "That feels so out of character." I'm surprised to hear you say that. I think it's literally just because she's just like like milk yeah, she's like wants, yes, yes, yes. She wants to yeah. like get out of her apartment and exactly. get away from Steve and the baby. Yeah. So take us um, through, James. Okay, so after the spinster slash bachelor debate, Charlotte makes an announcement. She is not having a birthday this year. She's doing 35 again. She doesn't feel 36, so why would she turn 36? Everyone signs off, but there's another problem. When can they celebrate Charlotte's birthday? That night, Carrie stews on making Charlotte's birthday happen. She calls everyone, and it ultimately comes down to Samantha. Samantha's supposed to be in Atlantic City with Richard the one night that works. He doesn't want her to cancel, so why don't Charlotte, Carrie, Miranda all just tag along? His private jet has more than enough room. I have to just make a quick comment that yes. them trying to plan something and all see each other and everyone's lives have changed and moved forward was, like, very real to me. Yes. Like, same. stuff that you just easily do in your 20s, all of a sudden your 30s. It's like, wait, she's got a baby. This person's married. That person has a job. It's just like, wait, I thought we all loved each other and, like, it was easy to see each other. Like, I found that very real. It's also like the willingness changes. Like, yeah. that's the thing is like you get to this place, I feel like. And I mean, it's a little exaggerated in the show. Like they have such strict boundaries with each other, which come up later in the episode when they're at the casino. It's like, I don't feel like hanging out anymore. Bye. Like it it literally it's like they don't bend or like. That's a really good point. They There's don't bend zero, to each right. other's needs or whims at all. That's it's like, I want to go fuck Richard. Bye. Have a great birthday. Like, it's so wild. No, like, you're absolutely true. The, the lack of like, just sort of like putting your going own needs down for a second. Yeah. As a group. Yeah. Like co-signing as a group yeah, on what the activity is going to be was just like, absolutely, absolutely not. And I was like, it was a level of like self obsession um, with all of them that I had never seen, with the exception of Carrie. Um, she yeah, was that's a like good trying to be the glue, but everybody was just like, I don't Come really on, care guys. about you. Bye. Yeah, it was a little bit callous. This this episode was a fucking bummer, which is crazy because I do not remember it when I watched it being a bummer. I was like, this is the fun one where they go to Atlantic City. And then I'm like, Jesus Christ, this whole episode is so tense. It's just like weird. Everyone's kind of like missing each other. 
I don't mean like missing, like I miss you. I mean like missing the mark on each other, like not understanding each other. It's just weird. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in general, the show feels like a really fun, sexy sitcom, but this episode feels almost like more like a modern dramedy where it's like, God damn it. Like it really hurts when your best friends in the world who are like the people that you kind of have decided to make a chosen family with are just completely like just even the way they were about Charlotte's birthday and making it such a hassle is kind of like hurt my feelings. <laughs> like it also felt like not realistic that even if Charlotte's like, I don't want to celebrate my birthday. The fact that all of them were like, cool. Okay. Like that like, would hurt you. You'd be course. like, no, all right. Well, like, don't like, <laughs> don't like enjoy not celebrating me. Like exactly. don't rub it in my face that you have no time to celebrate me. Yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, Carrie heads to pick up Miranda, who passed Brady off to Steve for the weekend. As Miranda does some last minute prep, Magda shows Carrie a photo shrine she made of little Brady. It's really sweet, but it's all Magda. Miranda didn't even take the photos. Just as they're heading out the door, Steve shows up. He doesn't think he can handle Brady alone. Which, um, from having people close to me who have kids... Even if the dad is amazing and so loving, it's like kind of real. Um, Yeah. Yeah. When Charlotte shows up to Richard's jet, she finds Carrie and Miranda didn't make it after all. They're going to meet everyone there, which means it's just going to be her, Samantha, and Richard flying down. That might be okay if they could stop making out for a second. They really can't. And Charlotte just has to suffer through it. This is exactly what we're talking about. It's like, it's her birthday. They can't just you know, sort of have some, some class and just not make her feel like the third wheel. So anyway, it's also, they are so horned up in a way that's like, even for them kind of wild, <laughs> like like Charlotte sits on that, uh, on that gift that has the, the pearl thong in it. And right. like, and the two of them just like, can't stop pawing each other to have a conversation with her. It's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like, how rude, honestly rude it was for them to third wheel her that hard on her birthday and just like basically fuck in front of her. It was so, I was just like, why are like, Charlotte, do not be friends with them. But also Charlotte doubling down on her like dowdiness was like. Kind of corny. Ugh. I think if I were Samantha, there would be a part of me that's like, okay. We're on a private jet, like, let me have some fun. Yeah, like you're just kind of killing the mood. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I also went to Atlantic City. I actually performed in Atlantic City at, I forget, whatever one of the casinos there is. And it's such a terrible place. Like, I like Vegas. Like oh, I hate for, Vegas. For, I know you hate Vegas. But I don't, I don't mind Vegas for a night if I'm staying in, like, a nicer, newer hotel. Um, it's fun for a night. But, like, it is so dingy in Atlantic City. Like, even the nice one, I forget which one it is. Um, like, they're, like quote-unquote like Bellagio it's not it's not nice um but even that one I was like oh this is so gross below averageio it. it is yeah below average that oh was God, a real so stretch funny. no that is that if this show still existed that would be in the, the below averageio <laughs> yeah a sex in the city type of joke oh totally no I mean it just is true and they put in because I was performing um they put me up like Borgata I think is what it's called they put me up in their like huge suite and it like didn't even matter so disgusting like the carpet had stains on it I invited my mom to come with me because I had this big suite and yeah we were just kind of like this sucks like 
It is a sad, sad place. So uh, the fact that they were all like, we're all going to Atlantic City. I, I honestly wouldn't go back. Like, I hated it so much. Even the boardwalk is, like, not cute. It's trashy and not trashy like trashy people. I mean, sure, that too, but literally trash everywhere. Like, garbage on the ground. Like funnel cake for breakfast. Yeah. So anyways, Carrie and Miranda finally make it out after Magda agrees to help Steve keep Brady alive for a few days. They've already missed the jet with Samantha and Richard, so they'll just have to take a bus. They join a gaggle of older ladies heading to Atlantic City, and Miranda's overjoyed. She finally has time to catch up on her stack of New Yorker magazines. But Carrie wants to talk. How are they all going to stay friends if getting a weekend together is this much work? Miranda doesn't know and doesn't really seem to care. Honestly... Such a weird beat. That whole thing was so, it was such a, I was like, what is the takeaway here? Like, it was so confusing. It's like she wants to read some magazines because she's a mom and doesn't have time to read magazines. And then Carrie takes it personally. I can imagine like, it for both POVs though, because. No, same. But it was just like, I don't know. The execution of that was sort of confusing to me. I didn't think the magazines was the best way to illustrate that. Because I think uh, wanting to read a magazine on a bus does not to me signal you don't care about the friendship you know what i have to say i only know this because my sister has a two-year-old and she is so spread thin i mean it's also covid so she doesn't have babysitting help so she's a full-time yeah. mom and then has, has to like work like when he sleeps and da 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 and i mean it's crazy to watch because she has two hours in the day where she's like oh my god he's sleeping she almost like yeah. has a meltdown she's like do i make phone calls or do i take a nap or should i try and send emails she like almost like like short circuits because she doesn't know what to do with this like precious moment. Right. So it's interesting because I can see Miranda just being like a new mom and being like, Oh my God, I've got a two hour bus ride. But then also, you know, it's that whole thing of like, when you are friends with people who are in a really different place than you are, you know, when you're, when you don't have kids, you have all the time in the world. So you're like, seriously, I'm sitting next to you and you're not even going to fucking talk to me. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm such a like wanting to just like read and go in my own head to a fault that I was like, what's the big deal? She just wants to read a magazine. But then like the whole episode is just like these friends, like it's like the first of many events showing how they are all so disconnected. And the whole episode, a hundred percent. And it feels like Carrie especially is in this particular episode, not always, in this episode, Carrie's the, it feels like, the only one trying to really make it happen. She is. And so... No, she is. Yeah. Which is kind of uncarry in a lot of ways. I um, mean, that's kind of realistic, though, because it's like in any relationship, things shift. At first, you're the one who's the hot it girl, and then you're not. And that's then true. She's Right that's now, true. she's the only one who's, like, single without a family who's got... Well, I guess not. Actually, that's funny. Really too. Yeah, I guess all three of them, but I guess because Miranda has a baby... It feels like she has a little more going on. Anyway, when everyone finally reunites for dinner at the Taj Mahal, the weekend seems back on track, but it quickly derails when Miranda gifts Charlotte a pack of old made playing cards and Samantha takes off to make sure Richard isn't cheating again. You know what? I have to say, I thought the old made playing cards was not a good idea. I remember when my cousin, my little cousin gave me like a card like a birthday card that was like getting older every day. Oh, I hate it. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. So I actually think the old maid playing cards was a miss, honestly. 
yeah, I, I understood why Charlotte was a little like, okay. Yeah, thanks. Like, yeah, it's also not a joke to her. Like, she's literally lying about her age for a reason. She feels that um, way. Yeah, and also, it, it you know, it. I think that it would have been interesting if they had the old maid beat, but then later admitted, like, we're scared. Like, if there was a little bit of, like... <laughs> and then they're all crying or something. Yeah, or, like, just a moment of, like, yeah, I get it, we Charlotte. We are alone. Like, yeah. we... Like, just something. Give her something, because I, I thought it was strange when you're all the same age to kind of have this, like, oh, come on! You're so not an old mate. Like, you know how she's feeling. Like, she's not crazy. So I just kind of... I don't know. It was I wanted a mess. Her to, I wish that they kind of... I guess what I'm saying is I wish that they had bonded over it and had a moment of honesty about the aging thing versus being like, Charlotte, come on, old maid. You are far from an old maid. It's like, like look at you. You're well, looking no, like a that's model. how fucked up society is, is that it makes people who are not old feel old. Like, that's the problem. So <laughs> I don't know. I just think, yeah, it, just, it bummed me out. I mean, obviously, again, they're at the saddest place I've ever seen in the world. Like, I think the casinos are so depressing. Like, it's just the whole thing is such a bummer to me. Also, like, when you have birthdays after 30, and it doesn't even matter what you want in life, but if you are not partnered and you don't have a kid and you're a woman, like, don't breathe a word about the word old. Just don't. Just don't talk about being old. That person doesn't want to hear it. That person already is worried about it. Like there's yeah. so much ageism in our culture too. Like even if you don't totally. want kids and, you, and you're already partnered, there's so much ageism in every industry. It all is about like the new young person and the new young POV and the new young, like everybody in America has baggage about age. So it's like, just shut the fuck up and just don't make it worse. Yeah. Is that I, possible? Yeah. Totally. I, I wish it were. I thought, yeah, the whole thing was just. This was a depressing, <sighs> heavy episode, weirdly. It's also that in Atlantic City, and this is a theme they touch on, like the men are such pigs They're in this dogs. episode. Yeah. They are so gross and mean and they make women feel like shit and they make them feel like they have to like take their tits out to even like Exist. matter or yeah. like get someone to buy them a drink. Like it's just like. All of it, plus the old maid of it all, plus the birthday and no one's like available to hang out. Like, yeah, this episode was just like, Rough. I don't know why I thought it was like, I remember it being more fun and like, you know, the sounds of the slot machines and Carrie's getting taffy on the boardwalk. Like, I just remember it being a little more like playing into the senses and just having a fun energy. And it's just is not a fun episode. I thought this episode was like dark. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't yeah. stop thinking about also um, it's the Trump Taj Mahal in this period. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So, right. Which was another right. just like big bummer yeah. <laughs> on top of it. Like Not the man's good. inescapable. And, yeah. And everyone, all the men in this episode 100%. feel like Trump supporters. Like it's so, they're just so gross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They think women are worth like three cents. Like they're just ugh, it's so bad. Anyways. Okay. So. Later at the craps table, Miranda is winning big when a random Jersey guy asks Carrie to blow on his dice for good luck. She doesn't want to, so she offers Charlotte. Why don't you do it? The guy is not interested in Charlotte. He has to have Carrie. 
She does it, and he wins $12,000. He gives Carrie a $1,000 chip as a thank you, and Miranda and Charlotte, they take off. Miranda lost, and Charlotte just hated the whole exchange. The next day, Samantha has a run-in with another woman who wants to sleep with Richard. But instead, she gets him all to herself. Then she catches up with Carrie and Miranda in the casino afterwards. They're all waiting for Charlotte, who finally arrives looking very Atlantic City. Charlotte? Are you in there? No, but I think Harlotte is. Well, I didn't like any of the clothes that I packed, so I just picked something up at one of the casino shops. Those are for women who have lost all their money and have to turn tricks. Does this gal gamble? Yeah! Okay, <laughs> let's go. No wonder the house always wins. These guys are smothered in breasts. I don't know what I was thinking, bringing a cheating man to Atlantic Titty. Hey. What you doing down there, huh? Oh, it's the Pearl Fong. It's good for foreplay, not so good for postplay. All bets in? Whoa! You bet it all? You gotta play big if you wanna win big. Ben, would you like a hit? Over. Well, we just lost big. It's all part of the fun. We're gonna need your chip. Oh, me? You're sitting on $1,000. Don't make me hit the ATM again. Haven't we lost enough? We're just getting started here. Are you playing this hand or what? Ladies, if you're not going to play, you're going to have to give up your seat. OK, okay. No, it's, it's, it's OK, so we're leaving. But would, would you mind taking our picture first? Oh, wait, I mean, let's just I'm not allowed to do that, ma'am. Jesus Christ, it's not Disneyland. Hey, Red, move your fat ass. What did you just say to her? Who the hell do you think you are? Oh, fuck you. Yeah, get in the game or get out. Guys, guys, let's go. It's okay. No, it is most certainly not okay. Listen, you big jerk. Her ass isn't normally this big. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. I almost forgot. My ass is fat because I just had a baby, you asshole. What's That's your hilarious. excuse? Yeah. You having triplets? <laughs> Come on, let's go. That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's such a funny scene. It is so funny. But the real, I mean, if that happened in real life and your friend, like you, someone said something shitty to you and then your friend steps up and you're like, okay, cool. They're like about to defend me. And then they're like, her ass is fat. It's true. That was it's the only funniest line. Because it, it was perfect and I wouldn't change it. But you're just like, oh, Charlotte, like you're, what you're up. supposed to say is like, <laughs> No, she looks Fuck great. You. She looks amazing. And like, you're a piece of shit. And who are you to judge a woman's body? Like, it's just funny that Charlotte's like, I concur. I know. She is fat. <laughs> but the reason is because she had a baby. So it's okay. It's okay if you're fat, if you are you made a baby what? with you your fat. Say like, that. it's so weird. But you can say that to, um, you can say that to Miranda because Miranda's no bullshit. If you said, no, exactly. she's skinny, she looks great, Miranda would tell you to fuck off. It's like, yeah, that's, that's right. You're right. You You're can right. say that. Miranda's like, I, I, you know, I can just picture the, the writers in the room or uh, them at the table reading everyone just fucking dying. It's such a funny line. It is so funny. It's like, and then you yeah, having triplets was like, oof, such a like great final burn. It's actually a really amazing scene because as it's we've so been good. saying, like, it's all so dark and it's like, are they even going to be friends anymore? We're like, it's the first time there's been so much worry on this show about like Carrie and Big and Steve and Miranda and you're worried about Samantha and Charlotte. But this is the first episode I've ever been worried about the friendship and like yes. the friendship dissolving. And we all have these friends who like we've loved for a long time that you just sort of like stop talking to. And there's like a moment on this episode where you're like, are these people not going to survive like adulthood, this like incredible core? And then... 
Yeah. All it takes is somebody like attacking the group for it to like, it was amazing. It was like a, per it was such good writing to have them like kind of deteriorate. And it's like, you just need a common enemy. And then you're right back there with all your friends, like, you know, defect, defending them, protecting them. Yes. The only thing I did not like writing wise, and it has nothing to do with this scene, but it's right after when Miranda does feel sad and she's like, guys, I'm just going to go up to the room. And everyone's like, no, come on, stay out. And she's like, I'm just not feeling it. And then there is a moment where Carrie goes, should I go talk to her? And then everyone's like, she's fine. I think she's fine. And I'm like, she's not fine. And it's, I would love, they have like a weight loss storyline with Miranda in this season. And I know Miranda's really strong and she seems like, you know, she has a, a I would say Iron like will a, or something. A, yeah. And like a good amount of body confidence given this is the early two thousands when like that wasn't even a phrase that you heard. Right. Like it was definitely like be skinny. You better be skinny. Um, so I just I would like to have a little bit of reality about Miranda's weight loss and like how that comment impacted her. Like, I think they could have made it funny. I don't think it has to be like a super heavy handed scene or anything or scene lit. But like, I just wanted a moment of acknowledgement because the acknowledgement of should I go talk to her and then not paying that off just felt a little like, Callous. oh, well, you if you're saying it, there's probably it's because what happened to her was traumatizing um, or or could be argued as traumatizing. Yeah. So it's, 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 I just felt like it was a little I just thought that was just like a weird move. It's like, OK, well, we acknowledged that she felt shitty about it, but then we didn't want to explore it. It's like, well, why wouldn't you like that warrants exploring? Well, you're you're bringing reality to the situation. And even if you had just squeezed out a baby and you were exhausted and you hadn't even thought of dating if you gain 20, 30 pounds, 40, whatever, and somebody made a comment to you, even if your best friends jabbed at them and we all laughed, yeah, of course you would feel terrible. And she's sitting up there and being like, oh my God, I'm undesirable. And and what you're what you're yeah. talking about is the reality of anyone making a negative body comment would no matter who it is well and just the culture too of like you know it's like oh it, like in french women can't get fat there's like this whole or no wait which book was it maybe it's not french women can't get fat it's the other one there was another french oh bringing up Bebe. it's like a book about how the french do child rearing and right. um yeah but there's a whole thing about like like the women here, like we, we lose the weight, like in two months, it's so fast. Like it goes right away. And then you start fucking your husband and like, you get your life back together. Like you can't just, and it's like, it's just not always like that. <laughs> Most of the time it's not like that. Like what women have to go through. Also, why does anyone during... give a shit about your weight? Like eyes in your own yeah. paper, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. But also it's like, there's just like this thing. And I, I I'm only going to speak for this country because it's the only country I live in of like, there's such a shame surrounding women and their bodies when they like literally just made a, a human of like better snap back, like better get your body back, better get back to the gym, better, you know, it's like all this shit versus just being like, wow, how are you doing? Like, how is it how do you keeping feel? a baby how's alive? How do you feel? Yeah, yeah How's you your nauseous? mental health? How yeah. are you juggling work yes. with being a mom? Like you have so much going on. And it's just like to be reduced That's by some fucking Trumpy asshole in a casino to like, oh, you have a fat ass. Like they handled it pretty well. I mean, I think they wrote that that fight really well, but I'm just a little there like. There was no man. aftercare, basically. 
Yeah, it goes so much deeper. Like, and I and I think that yeah, I know this is a thirty minute show, and you know they're not going to be able to explore everything they want to explore. They have to like hit the jokes and get out. But like, there was a piece of me that if it didn't go in this episode, I feel like that is a missing scene somewhere in season five. I like, agree, and it's interesting. It just, we'll move yeah. on, but there is something we will. We will. One we last will. Yeah. thing I want to say. I thought you brought a lot, a lot of great points up. Is I also feel like this idea of getting your body back is also sort of this really bizarre idea because you never get your body back. Like I'm 37. My body's different than it was when I was 10 and it will be different when I'm 47 and 57. I hope if I live for all those years, but like once you have a baby, like your body changes, like, and also once you get older, there is no getting your body back. Your body doesn't stay the same. It's impossible. Like People aren't skinny when they're older. I'm a skinny person. I was made fun of. People asked if I was anorexic. And I'm not really like skinny anymore. It's like you just don't. You can't be skinny when you get after 25. You're just not skinny anymore. That's my. And the people, the the celebrities that we see where it's like, oh, my God, she just gave birth. And she just like snapped back like a rubber band. Like, look at her abs. Like those people work out all day long. They have professional chefs potentially living with them, if not coming over to the house every day. They have, you know, they're working out all the time. They also, like, they're all on specific rich people (laughs) regimens to keep them like that. That's not the average human. And it's like... And it's also saying that the only body that's attractive is, is skinny, yes, which is not fair. Exactly. Yeah, if you it's have like, a fat ass going, and a fat, you know, a big thigh and a big go, belly, like, wow, you're that, still you hot. You have a hot, like, post-baby ass. Like, where is that conversation? Whereas, like, you look better. Honestly, you look better. You look more, like, you have more curves. You, whatever it is, like, you look great. You look ju- you look different and you look just as there good. Like, I, the go. lens is... The lens is just so depressing, and it's like I'm glad you brought that up. That was a good. Ugh, it bums me out again. This episode, this episode, well, the show is great because favorite. there's always so much to say. Yes, go ahead. Girl. Always something to talk about. Okay, so after their yelling match with the mean stranger who insults Miranda's ass, Samantha gets a call from Richard. He has to take care of some work, so she should just hang out with the girls for the day. Samantha immediately knows that that is code for I am going to cheat or that's what she thinks. So she runs up to his suite to catch him in the act. When she gets there, he actually is doing work. Her bad, but she can't keep the relationship going. It's too stressful worrying if he's going to cheat again. So Samantha ends it with Richard. That was a surprise. It's been a long time since I've seen the episode. That's a surprising twist. I'm I'm really surprised that it ended that way and that she didn't catch him cheating. It was a, it was a nice unexpected twist. I didn't. I agree. I I thought the writing was great. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought for sure she was going to catch him cheating. And I think it was a cool way to give her some empowerment by ending the relationship herself, which isn't realistic. Most people would just wait until they got absolutely crushed. Maybe that's not fair to say it's not realistic. It's not realistic for most of us because when most of us are in love, we just take the beatings until we get absolutely murdered but no it was so nice also also like i love how um i love the line when he was like samantha i love you and she goes i love you too but i love me more i'm like amazing great great line anyway so anyway carrie and charlotte head to one of the hotel bars where they quickly get hit on i also have to say asterisk i love that charlotte dresses sexy and just 
makes a play for Atlantic City. I kind of thought it was weird that the girls weren't as into it. It's like, if when in Rome, when in Atlantic City, the it's fact, a birthday. Yeah, it's kind it's of weird that they birthday. weren't like, yeah, bitch, you look amazing. Was, they hate her. Yeah, <laughs> oh they God. just fucking hate that's her. So they funny. want her to lose. I'm like, dude, that's so funny. So then Charlotte, like the old maid, the old maid can't look hot. It's like, like let her have fun. Maid. Oh, it was ridiculous. She looked amazing. She looked hot, and it's also she like, didn't even look that Atlantic City. Even she if looked she like did. Charlotte version of Atlantic City. Oh, totally. Jamie, if you and I like, went to Las Vegas, which we never would because I would never oh my go God, with you. I would die to buy like something in the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, and wear it that night. we would just that's like my, put that's on my dream. glittery eyeshadow and like get yes. like, a, like a two foot tall margarita and just fucking have a good time. Absolutely. Halter dresses till we die. Exactly. So then Charlotte's yeah. immediate. So they get hit on, which is a lot of fun. And Charlotte, finally in a good mood, is immediately game and drops that it's her birthday. But Carrie's not into it. She pulls Charlotte aside and the guys disappear. Afterward, they head for a tour of the boardwalk. Isn't this amazing? It's like a postcard for the 20s. You couldn't have had one drink. What's the harm in having one drink? I can't believe you're still upset about that. What role did you think those guys were going to play in our lives? Who knows? We might have hit it off. Oh, come on. Let's look at the odds. Realistically, how many guys do we ever hit it off with? Very few. And even if we do, those relationships don't last. And even if they did, men die first. So we're right back where we started. I say we skip all the drama and just enjoy each other's company. Now. But I don't want to skip all the drama. That's life. That's everything. That's relationships and anniversaries and kids. And I want all that in addition to my friends. Well, that sounds wonderful, but don't bank on it happening. Jesus. You must be getting cold. I'll meet you back at the hotel. I'm going to get some saltwater taffy. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm dying for it. Watch the tram car, please. Watch the tram car, please. A lot of seagulls. By my fifth piece of peppermint taffy, I realized maybe I wasn't banking on my friends. I was hiding in them. I have to say something. Uh I have had so many friends. I have one very good friend that I can think of like this. And then my sister who were never game if like we were out just meeting fun guys. Like they would always like shut it down, turn around. And even if it wasn't like they were the cutest guys, I'm much more like, let's have a fun night. And like, I have close, I have a lot of close friends who are way cynical and just like, no, we're here together who are such fucking part, yes. party poopers. And I have to say, it's, I'm so glad to hear you it's say such that. such a bummer. It's like, who goddamn I'm cares? I'm so glad to hear you say that. My, I just, I, I be, I'm basically just saying what you're saying, but I remember distinctly in my 20s, I'm living in New York City, and I'm going out with, like, groups of girls to different bars, and I remember one night we went to a club, and, like, yeah, it's like some guys, like, came up to us and were like, can we buy you drinks? And we were all like, sure, and then there was just the one friend who was always just a little, like, I think she was, like, almost like she was upset she wasn't getting hit on, but it's like, but your energy is basically telling everyone to fuck off. Right. Yeah, and like it always was this weird thing where I I felt like I, like she was mad because I wasn't talking to her like when we're out in groups or something. By the way, I was. But I felt like because the attention wasn't just on like 
the friendship and the girls and that, you know, I'm like, but we're at a bar. You don't go to bars to hang out with your girlfriend. That's how I feel. I'm like, I talk to you bitches like, every fucking day. Unless you're like eating in a bar. like Or unless you're like you know, having a catch a up because somebody's super depressed yes. or something. Yeah. You're just like, this is, you don't, well, I'll, I'll amend what I'm saying. You don't go to a dance club to like bond with your girlfriend. Jamie, yes. You can dance Jamie, on the dance floor I don't think you go to a together. bar either. I think you go to have I, fun I on a Friday I mean, or Saturday yeah. night. Like I think that's true. I think it's like, hey, well, especially when you're single, everyone's single. We're there to meet people. And that's, yeah. And if it's like, okay, we're not here to like necessarily meet the loves of our lives. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. It's like, right. But the fact is that like sort of uh, referring back to that other episode where it was like our lights are on like cabs. It's like, but everyone's light is on in this bar. So why are we going to pretend that our lights aren't on? Like, I don't understand the like arbitrary rules that have been set by this one person who's like choosing not to have fun in a place that is meant to manufacture fun. So it was just like always such a bummer. I was like, every time she came, I was like, oh, here we go. Well, this is a really, this is the second episode in a row where Carrie is so fucking bitter and cynical, which I I like because I think it is a realistic portrayal of after heartbreak like agreed like she agreed like she and Aiden are over the potential love of her life is in Napa she feels completely freaked out she was just stood up and she is sort of taking over Miranda's role of just being like men are pigs I'm gonna die alone and it's not her normal kind of baseline but it's kind of nice to see too because we all get in different moods and sometimes you're in a mood where you feel like really confident and you know, abundance mentality. And sometimes you get in scarcity mentality and it's good to see that like, guess what? Nobody's abundance mentality every goddamn second and nobody's scarcity mentality all the time. And this is, right. this is scarcity carry and it's not the most fun version, but we also have to love our friends and be patient through those times that they're going through, you know? I agree. And I'm really glad that they chose for this to be where she's at this season because it's just so different from any other season we get with her. Yeah, and it makes her more of a real person because it's like, yes, it's it's super, because it's really nuanced. It's actually like pretty specific. Even this fight she has with Charlotte is like a, it's a fight, but it's not but she's clearly disappointed, but she's not telling Charlotte outwardly that that hurt my feelings. Like it's this weird sort of unspoken tension between them. And yeah, I feel like the, the, the choices they make for Carrie are very subtle and they're, I think it's really, really good writing. I do too. And you know, what's interesting. Part of me now wonders that we're talking about it. I wonder if Charlotte's birthday, cause they're all around the same age is almost like triggering for Carrie. Like even these jokes about old it maid, is. it's like, it is it's kind of, you know, like I have a close friend who's like one year older than me, two years, and she's always calling herself old and she'll do this thing like, we are old. I mean, we got to find someone we're old. Oh, I hate that. And I'm like, stop putting me in your low self-esteem Ugh. category. Also, the we is like brutal. <laughs> I hate when people we you when they're like oh. on a downward spiral. Like, like I'm happy and I like myself. So don't include me in your weird, like desperate panic. And also like, don't don't force your lens on me. Like that's not how I feel. That's how you feel about yourself, but no, that's not how you feel. It's not who you are. And also to be reduced that way is like, it's just, there's nothing good that comes from that. Exactly. So I think Carrie's going through a lot, but it's kind of ironic because we, you and I spent this whole episode being like, God, Carrie's so trying so hard to get this whole thing together. And then actually, actually, Jamie, 
we're talking about it like, God, she really cares about these friends and she's really just such a good friend to Charlotte. But it's like now that it's her actual birthday and Charlotte's finally in a good mood, she kind of can't even be there for her. So it kind of puts a different lens on this whole thing. And it's like, wait a minute, was such a good point. Wait a minute, was planning this whole birthday not even about Charlotte? Was it about her feeling like, okay, I don't have a man, but at least I have my best friends and they're my family. It was. They're my girls and... Yes, you just hit the nail on the head. And she she does say it, not as explicitly as you just did, but they do have a line that's like, what was the line that they end with at this clip? It's like, do, are you like, are you betting on your, what is that? Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, being in her friends. like she, Yeah, uh, like she's basically like hiding. Hiding in her friends. Her friends. Right. Hiding yeah. in her friends. Right. I thought that was just such an interesting point to make. Like, like kind of just like being like, no, we have to prioritize the friendship. And it's like, it's coming from this place of, like you said, Rose, like just a place of scarcity and fear. And um, I really liked what Charlotte said about like, I want the drama. That's life. Like I, I thought that was actually like a really cool a thing pretty to say. poignant moment coming from Charlotte. Like I feel like Charlotte hates drama. And I thought like, she just seems so breakable half the time and the fact that she's like no I want things to be hard I was like whoa (laughs) that is like I don't know it's just a take I have not heard from her so I appreciated it okay take us back here gal okay so back inside the casino Carrie decides that it is finally time to gamble she puts her $1,000 chip on number 36 at a craps table and she loses after the core four all pile onto the bus to get back to the city. The episode closes with the four girls finally getting the group photo they've been chasing all weekend. It is a sweet moment that they all want to remember. That brings us to the question of the episode. People go to casinos for the same reason they go on blind dates, hoping to hit the jackpot. But mostly, you just wind up broke or alone in a bar. If we know the house always wins, why gamble? Well, it's kind uh, of interesting. So what? she's basically <laughs> saying that why date if you're probably just going to get heartbroken and like why oh, 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 why even okay. play the game? Okay. When, yeah, why play the game when the house wins? Because that's life, and because you gotta have you gotta have experiences, and you know it's you know I was thinking <laughs> it's really dramatic, but. I'm so close to my family, like I, my sister and my mom. I'm just like so obsessed with them. And if anything ever happened to them, which it cannot, it's like literally can't, I would just be such a mess. And I was thinking about like, wow, that's like the risk of love. Like anytime you love anyone, oh, yeah. not just a romantic partner. It's like if you care about anyone, you know, even your fucking dogs, it's like, it's just cra- It's just loving someone is like mostly good. Huge risk. Mostly good, but it has massive heartbreaking consequences but it's always worth it because it's like loving people and being loved is the whole fucking point of living it truly is and the house always wins thing is not i don't necessarily it's not true with that i don't think that life is mostly heartbreak no i agree Um, with you i i don't feel that and i think again that comes down to your lens i think a lot of that is like how you choose to process information i think it's very easy to see the world you know through non-rose-colored glasses. Through poopy-colored glasses. Poopy, yeah, exactly. Poopy glasses. Um, I definitely think that is, you know, you could, if you want to feel that way, you absolutely can and will. Um, but I think you do, at a certain point, have to make a conscious choice to be like, okay, there are things to be grateful for. So um, I agree with you. I don't think yeah. the house always wins. 
you know, I don't think so. There's some quotes um, from like Eastern philosophers and also Einstein that kind of amounts to you can't solve a problem with the same brain that created the problem. So what what I mean by that is like Carrie's really cynical and depressed right now. So she can't see things clearly. And her so her point of view on like, why even gamble if you're definitely going to lose? That's the problem. That's the um, that's the problem. Uh, she's she's in the problem right now. She's in that conflict. Is the, the, se- the sentence itself is problematic. Yeah. And um, that's because that's where she is. And I think yes. that, you know, look no further than uh, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. They were like in love for decades and decades. What I mean is people fall in love and, you know, John and Yoko, um, yeah. you know, there's the list goes on. Those are the only two I could think of, but. Clearly, Nancy, clearly more than Kurt two people Courtney. have loved each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes, definitely. I, yeah, I, this, the, yeah, now. I just want to like, I want to, yeah, there you go. Um, I, I just want to give Carrie a hug because it's a good friend um, of you. She's in a real, she's in a dark place right now. I've been there. Gonna, I've been gonna, there. I've come out of come there. Out. I, yeah, same. Also like props to the show for exploring this part of dating, because again, I think it's so specific and I could easily see them not even touching on this kind of these feelings like I I I could see them writing this season very differently or just like not I don't know it's just an interesting choice to make with Carrie and I I'm glad that they did it I agree with you and I'm glad that they had the ovaries to go dark because it's not the main tone of the show it's not what we mostly want to see but a little slice of it is a bit of a reality you know yeah, it feels like we we're doing this because these characters are real and and we have to honor all sides of them. And because the show is so good that it it's going to go there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so guys, final segmento. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for? This week, I am horny for this incredible book. Actually, it's a perfect recommendation for viewers and lovers of Sex and the City and listeners to our podcast. It's an incredible Ooh. book called Big Friendship. It's about friendship written oh, by... Oh, yes. Did I already shout this out? No, I just... I, I know about it and I want to read it. Yeah, it's written by two real-life best friends, um, Ami So and Ann Friedman. They're both... Um, brilliant writers and thinkers and movers and shakers and, and influencers. And they're really brilliant women. And uh, they've been friends for 10 plus years. And they have what they call a big friendship, which is like a life defining, incredibly important friendship, which I think goes very much into, I, I would say the core four have a big friendship and sex in the city is about big friendship. And the whole yeah. book is about how like friendship is so important. And yet we like don't really value it and respect it in society as much as we do like romantic relationships or having kids or these things. And, you know, we have rituals and commitment rituals around all these other relationships, but with friends, it's like, you can be so close with somebody and then like just fizzles apart and you don't even literally have a conversation. And it's kind of about how to, how to make the friendships in your life that are really important last and survive and thrive and like how to protect them. And and they have all these, it's interesting because they, they have an interracial best friendship. Aminatu is uh, black and Anne is white. And there's a whole chapter on interracial friendship and like the, some of the things they had to go through to become even closer. And it's a really beautiful book. And then they also have a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend, 
where... Oh, I know them. That's why I know them, because I've listened to that podcast. Yeah, they're really brilliant, and I just think they these are. two women are really cool, and if you like us, you'll love them, and uh, that's my horny four this week, and then my little side horny four is I saw how Stella got her groove back for the first time. <gasps> and I have to say, uh, we're recording this from Los Angeles, California, where the air is literally not safe to be outside in. It's it's right. it's, it's disgusting and scary, and it feels so like the gross. apocalypse. I'm having a hard time breathing inside. Oh, no. So I have to say— This whole time I've had to move away from the mic because I feel like I'm breathing heavy. Oh, my God. I have to just say that a big part of watching how Stella got her groove back for me, it wasn't even like— watching it for the vacation porn or like the sexy Tay Diggs porn. It was literally for like the blue sky, clean air porn. It just looked like in Jamaica, the sky was cl like clear. So if you're like anywhere oh on the God. West Coast, if you're in Vancouver, sky porn. Vancouver, Seattle, uh, Portland, Los Angeles, San Diego, and you literally can't go outside, watch how Stella got her groove back for many reasons, including number one, Whoopi Goldberg is like the funniest character actress of our time. And number two, Lots of blue skies. I love that. Yeah. Gal, what were you horny for this week? Um, this week I'm horny for um I'm horny for Whitney Cummings. I gotta give it up to her. She's a really special person. Um, her podcast is amazing. I'm sure a lot of you listen to it. It's I feel fabulous. like we probably have some crossover. Mm -hmm. It's called Good For You. It's really excellent. We've talked about it before on this show. Like she's just a really good interviewer, but also she's doing these like covid tested stand-up shows in her backyard they're socially distanced and um i did one on friday and it was really terrifying because i haven't done stand-up since march wow. um so i was like i don't know how to do this like i'm not a comedian like i shouldn't be here um but just the fact that she's like trying to create a community in la which i've said many times on this show that I think it's like a very isolated place anyway. And then on top of it with the pandemic, I think it's like the most isolated right now. So I just appreciate that she's like trying to make something happen that gets people together in a safe way. So yeah, I'm just horny for her. That's awesome. It's like a really, yeah, it was a really thoughtful, cool thing that she did. And I guess she's going to try to keep doing them. Um, but even like I went over to her house to get COVID tested and like, even that was like fun. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like hanging out with people is fun. remember hanging out, you know, so, yeah. I follow her on Instagram and sometimes I look at her stories and I have to say, she seems, I think the Chris Delia thing really traumatized her because she's really leaning yep. into feel, female friendships before, because if you listen to the first 10 episodes of her podcast, it's always male no, guests. It was a lot of, it was a lot of male And she's guests. really yeah. pivoting towards female friendships and female guests. And I'm really happy for her, not only professionally, because she's such an inspiration to so many women and she has such a huge platform, but I'm also happy for her individually because she seems like a wonderful person that I'm excited that she's having more women in her life because women are so wonderful. And she's very open about all of that, which I think is really, uh, it's a cool, it's cool to see someone kind of in real time realize and value female friendships well, in this kind of listen, like new way. Like Sarah Silverman, she came up in a time where it was just men and it was her at the comedy store yeah. with 55 men. And she had to survive and surviving meant be one of the guys. All your friends are guys. If you want to be, you know, come be successful in this business, you're guys girl. And that's what she came up with. And it's exciting that in her you know, that in our lifetime, she's gotten to be on the other side of that where comedy is, you know, becoming more female friendly and that there are spaces like that. And so I think she probably feels, I mean, who can speak for anyone else, but what a huge relief to be able to have female friendships and close bonds with, with people and colleagues and not just have to be around guys yes. all the time. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. She also kind of just like fosters this like slumber party environment at her house, which is just something I'm like, oh yeah, you just like don't really get that as an adult. Like it's really it's really it's cool what she's doing. So shout out to Whitney. Go she's Whitney, awesome. you're talented and awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, friend. Well, I literally am having trouble breathing. No, the air is <laughs> it's like horrible the here. whole time I've just been like, <gasps> yeah, it's bad. Um, but great to see you. I love you. I love you too. And um, yeah, love you guys. Okay. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Yeah.